0: Hey, it's Thursday night. It's after 8 o'clock. That means it's time for Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone brought to you by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store. And by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie
1: O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. And we have a talk show going on tonight, sports talk show. Give us a call, 682 1430 that's six eight two fourteen thirty. If you're technologically inclined, you can reach us at ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. Coach Joe, today would have been Mike Leach's 62nd birthday. Of course, he was the former head coach at Texas Tech, Washington State, and then finally at Mississippi State. He was born in Susanville, California, back on this date in nineteen sixty-one. Also, the boss, Brian Bosworth, 57 years old today, and I think he's still trying to get those cleat marks out of his back from Bo Jackson.
2: You, you know, I was so surprised when they said that Brian Bosworth was the sheriff in those Dr. Pepper commercials. I had no idea, but <laughs> sure enough, that's what he does these days. He's really good at it. should have known but he was doing those motorcycle movies when he was still playing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was pretty good on screen. And probably better at that than his pro football career. But I, I remember watching him uh, back in the day when he was with Oklahoma in the mid-'80s. He he was a force to be reckoned with in those days, and they played the Hurricanes a lot. And that's when I was going to uh, school down there. And so I got a chance to see, I think, uh, two or three Miami versus Oklahoma games. Whew! Oh man, <laughs> there was uh, there was some hitting going on in those games.
1: Oh yeah, they won the Oklahoma won the national championship, I think in '85.
2: Yeah, and then the Canes uh, made the national title game in '86, and then won it again and lost in '86, won it in '87. And uh, the the uh, uh, they played Oklahoma three times during that time. Two two of those times in the Orange Bowl, once in Norman. The interesting thing about the game in Norman. Uh, was the Canes knocked out the starting quarterback early in that game. He broke his ankle, and he never played for Oklahoma again. He ended up Went transferring to, UCLA. to CLA and then <laughs> had a pretty good career with the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Troy, Troy Aikman, that's a maybe subject of a future quiz, <laughs> about Troy Aikman playing at Oklahoma. No doubt about it. A lot of people don't remember that.
1: And Bobby Fisher, the chess wizard, uh, died on this date back in 2008, Bobby Fischer was born in Chicago. He was the U.S. champion in chess at 14, and in 1972, he beat world champion Boris Spassky in what was then and still the most watched chess match in the history of chess.
2: You know, chess was big when I was growing up. We played a lot. Everybody was playing. I, I don't. I, it might have been because of the influence of that. I'm sure He's, it was. Because that was right around the time I was in elementary school. We used to play all the time.
1: I never got into that. I can't say I ever really got into playing chess, but I, I played a little bit, but not much.
2: You're more of a checkers guy.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was
1: easier
2: for me to understand.
1: <laughs> oh, man. And um, on this date, it's the 81st birthday of Burt Campanaris. Oh, yeah. You remember him? He played all nine positions. I knew that, but I didn't know that when he pitched, he pitched ambidextrously. He pitched left-handed to left-handed hitters and right-handed to right-handed hitters. He finished with a career nine ERA, (laughs) but he played all nine positions that day as a stunt. Um, good because stuff because they weren't yeah. drawing well
2: well yeah but the oakland eventually did have some good teams they he was did. a leadoff hitter for them in those uh, early 70s teams that won three straight world series uh, played mostly shortstop i think in those i don't yeah. think he yeah, moved exactly. around much in the world series
1: <laughs> you know th- those teams never have gotten the do their the credits that they should have gotten if they'd been the yankees Winning three straight like that, you'd still be hearing about them, and they were great teams. My goodness, they were so deep. Look at the starting pitching they had: Catfish Hunter, Vida Blue, Ken Holtzman.
2: Oh yeah, their pitching was fantastic, and they also had some amazing hitting too. A guy named Reggie Jackson was on that team. Sal Bando. <laughs> I think I've heard of him. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember their catcher Gene Tennis uh, and Joe Rudy. He was a great. Yes, player, yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah. So they, no, that was a fantastic team. I think, I want to say Billy North, was he on that team? Too? Center fielder, yeah. Yeah. I always, always like watching the center fielders. I don't know. It was always my favorite position. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I always like to play center field. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah, those were some great A's teams back then. What was the guy's name? Something
2: Washington. That was just a pinch runner. Yeah, yeah, first one of his kind, Claudell Washington. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because there, there was Herb, or was it Herb Washington? Actually, Claudell Washington might have been the regular player. I think Herb Washington was that, the that was that the might, designated right. designated runner. They called him. Somebody out there
1: knows. <laughs> give us a call six eight two fourteen thirty. At six eight two fourteen thirty, 14, 30. They were Maybe both on the know. team. They yeah. were, both, yeah.
2: I'm just not sure which one was which. Yeah. yeah.
1: And remember, Charlie Finley cut Mike Andrews after he made an error in the World Series.
2: <laughs> you know, before there was Steinbrenner, there was Charlie Finley. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they made him take him
2: back. Yeah. 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 They, they voided some big trade that he, he tried to make too. Oh, I yeah, think. with
1: Joe Rudy and Raleigh Fingers. Yeah. With the Red Sox.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah they Park went to the Red stepped Sox in and voided it. Yeah, and oh wow, that was that was crazy stuff because a lot of the stuff that they've actually kind of adopted uh, was originated. Just like the Marlins Finley. did when they won a the championship and they cleaned house. That's what Finley was doing. He he did. Yeah, I mean that's what happened to those Oakland teams. They were they were good in other years too, but I think by 1976 or 77. They had kind of fallen off the map. But they later rose again when they—I uh, believe they brought Billy Martin in to manage for a while Yeah. in the early 80s. I want to say early 80s. That sounds about right. After he was finally done with the Yankees. <laughs> Which time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Remember those old Miller Lite commercials? Yeah. You're fired. <laughs> no,
2: you can't fire me. Oh, those were some great ones. Marv Throneberry. Oh, Marv Throneberry, uh, John Madden was in some of those, uh, Bob Uecker, uh, Bubba Smith. It, it, ladies and gentlemen, if, you've, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, go onto YouTube and look up those Miller Lite ads. They were classics. <laughs> oh, they classics. were. And so clever. Rodney Dangerfield was in a bunch oh, of them. <laughs> oh, they were.
1: It was just unbelievable <laughs> oh. what they had back then. But um, like you said, uh, Burt Campanera's real name was Dagberto. And, uh, of course, they called him Burt, but he won the three World Series. He was a six-time American League stolen base leader, and he retired as the seventh most successful base stealer in the history of baseball.
2: Yeah, well, he, he was a great leadoff hitter, and, and he knew how to run the bases. And he was very fast, and he, and he was a great defensive shortstop, too. I mean, the guy, the guy was a terrific player.
1: Now, this was before your time, but Jackie Jensen – uh, the American League Most Valuable Player was born in San Francisco in 1958. He died in 1982, and he was a great player for the Red Sox. And he f- had a fear of flying, and uh, that kind of that shortened his career. Well, back then there was
2: a reason to fear flying. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's reasons to fear flying now, but they're different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! People gosh. fear the airports more now than they did the planes.
1: <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, let's go ahead and take a break, and uh, we had a chance to catch up with 1993 national champion and Heisman Trophy winner Charlie Ward. You'll hear that interview in just a minute. You're listening to Ronnie O. and Coach Joe in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hello, this is David Bowden, former Kathleen Red Devil and Florida Gator, and you're listening to
0: Ronnie O the ozone ray ronnie o and coach joe they're both here in the ozone the ozone brought to you by folks she jewelers your one-stop jewelry store and by allied scrap processors turning scrap metal into cash earlier this afternoon ronnie o and coach joe caught up with former heisman trophy winner charlie Parker. Hey, we got that interview for you right now it's our distinct pleasure to have with us the 1993 heisman trophy winner
1: and national champion that year at Florida State University, Charlie Ward. Charlie, welcome to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe.
4: I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Man, I tell you what, they talk about dual sport athletes, but this gentleman was a real dual sport athlete at Florida State University. He wins the Heisman Trophy in football in 1993, played basketball at Florida State, and then was a first-round draft choice of the New York Knicks. Charlie, was basketball your favorite sport growing up, or was football more preferable?
4: I was an athlete, so I enjoyed all the sports growing up. And uh, basketball and football were two that I continued was able to continue in college. So my favorite was anything that had a ball. I enjoyed it. <laughs> and... Um, that was just what I did, and I enjoyed it.
1: Well, you were also a punter, weren't you?
4: Yes, I punted my freshman year in college, but I was, a, I was the school's punter uh, for three years. You know, I was the quarterback for two years, and I punted for my high school team for three years.
1: Charlie, I have to be honest, I'm a Gator fan, and uh, you broke my heart in 1993. That pass you through, oh my goodness, that broke my heart. What do you remember about that 93 Florida game?
4: Uh, well, the game was definitely one that we needed to win in order to keep our national championship hopes alive, and Florida was had a 23-game home winning streak at that time, and it was uh it was one of those games. I mean, Florida, Florida State. You know, of course, is a rivalry game, and we led the whole game, which kept the uh, crowd out of the game. Uh, but in the fourth quarter, Florida made a comeback, and they cut it to like maybe five or five points, I think it was. And in the fourth quarter, in that last drive, uh, we needed to at least run some clock off the time. I mean, some clock off um in order to you know cut the chances down uh but a three and out would have given you know giving them a lot more momentum um and first down you know they, they got got what they needed which was a uh, batted pass second down same situation and third down uh, just remember it being so loud that we we had practiced that all week but we hadn't really had to deal with it until that time. And the ground was shaking. Everything was moving. And it was, uh, you know, if you're going to win a game on the road or win a championship at some point, uh, you, guys have to step up and make plays. No and doubt. So it was third and ten, and we needed a play. Because we couldn't punt the ball back, and I was fortunate to be able to roll out to my left and avoid a sack, and hit Wark, you know, on a checkdown route, and he was able to take it 70 plus yards for, you know, just a nail in a coffin type of <laughs> uh, play to seal the game. So, uh, but it was a great game, and I, you know, grateful that I was a part of it. Uh, to be able to make an impact, and, you know, of course, his memory is a great memory now.
2: What a, what a great pleasure tonight to talk to 1993 Heisman Trophy winner, probably uh, one of the greatest uh, athletes and one of the greatest p- persons in the history of Florida sports, Charlie Ward, joining us right now. Uh, Charlie, Coach Joe here. I, I was at, at that game in 93, and you're right. The place was really shaking on that third down play, about as loud as it, as it can get. And one of the reasons that play worked and what I wanted to ask you about was you, you referred to it, you, you avoided the sack. And before there was Patrick Mahomes, there was Charlie Ward. And I just was curious, you chose to go to the NBA instead of the NFL after hearing the reports from NFL scouts. Uh, so what was the matter with those guys?
4: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, they were doing their jobs. Uh, which was, you know, evaluating, you know, talent based on uh, metrics that they <laughs> they have, and that's still the case today.
1: Where did they um, project I'm you? Just, I'm sorry, Charlie. Where where did the NFL project you? Do you remember?
4: I was going to be a third or fourth round. That's where all the guys my height ended up getting drafted. Um, either third or fourth round, and that's kind of where. I was slotted to uh, go, uh, which would have been fine if that was my only choice. However, you know, I did play basketball in college, and I had opportunities there uh, to pursue the NBA career as well. So I made a choice. It's like we all have to make choices in life, and we have to live the consequences. And my choice was I was going to. Um, open my options, keep my options open. And so I made a bold statement that if I didn't get drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, then, you know, I I would consider my other options or consider other options. And that was bold at the time, uh, but I was living in faith uh, knowing that I did have options. And, you know, if none of them worked out, it wasn't going to be due to a lack of... not working to try to make it happen. Um, and, you know, I could have could have gone to an NFL uh, team or camp as an unrestricted free agent. Um, so, you know, those were all options at the time. And the NFL chose not to draft me at all in no rounds, which, you know, that was good because I didn't want to have to choose Um, you know, which sport I wanted to play. And when that happened, I decided to put all my time and energy into preparing for the NBA draft, and God opened that door, uh, which was part of my prayer was to open and close the door. And the NFL door got closed, uh, and the NBA door was open. Um, So it all worked out.
2: Yeah, Charlie, you, you, know, you, um, you mentioned your faith, and, of course, uh, we want to talk to you a little bit about the uh, Charlie and Tonja Ward Foundation. Uh, you do such great work in, uh, in in forming that foundation and the principles of it. What would you say the influences of Bobby Bowden uh, or, or even Pat Riley uh, or Jeff Van Gundy, for that matter, the coaches that you've played for over the years, how, how did they influence the, the mission of your foundation?
4: Well, really, the mission of our foundation was, was grounded and rooted from our families. Um, our parents uh, were givers. Uh, they gave to the community. They were educators. And so they taught us the foundation of giving and the willing to give back uh, to the community. And so my wife and I uh, are rooted in that foundation, and that's essentially where where it all comes from. Uh, Being able to give back because there are other people in our community uh, that gave us opportunities through um, youth organizations, um, sports, music, um, all the different things that we were a part of uh, to be able to help us get to where we are today. So, uh, you know, that's kind of how we, you know, we're we're wanting to give back uh, to, to the community, uh, the kids in our community uh, and you know we're we're founded also in helping uh, disaster relief efforts. Um, so that's uh, our two missions is youth organizations and disaster relief and those are things that we' are working to to be able to help um, you know those organizations.
1: Well, it's so kind of you and your wife to do something like that. Charlie, uh, getting back to football, you grew up in Georgia, right across the border from Tallahassee. How did you get away from the University of Georgia and Georgia
4: Tech? Well, those schools were my second and third choices. However, Georgia Tech um, signed uh, my best friend, Sean Jones. Uh, so we were in the same class. And so he ended up he chose Georgia Tech, so that was exiled. and then Georgia uh, was was a good option. However, I wanted to play basketball in college. and they said they would allow me to play, but they hadn't had any history of allowing guys to play uh, basketball and football. And Coach Bowden had allowed Brad Johnson to uh, play basketball at Florida State. And he's a football player. So that's why I chose Florida State. Um and I'm grateful that I did because one, it was closer to home as well. Um, two, Coach Bowden was a man of his word. We were gonna hold him to that. He's a Christian man, so we're gonna hold him to, you know, him allowing me to play basketball and football while while I was at Florida State. And so it turned out to be a good good choice.
1: Overall, it certainly worked out for you. Charlie, we certainly appreciate you being with us tonight. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but um, thank you so much and God bless
4: you. All right,
0: thanks for having me. Hey, we're getting back to Ronnie Owen, Coach Joe, in the ozone. The ozone. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland and by Bo Jewelers of Lakeland.
1: All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the O-Zone. The state in 1934, Jim Landis, former American Major League Baseball outfielder, five-time Gold Glover, two-time All-Star with the White Sox and five other teams, was born in Fresno, California, passed away in 2017. And in 1893, I was a sophomore in high school, Billy Southworth, American Hall of Fame manager, was born, and he had three World Series wins in 26, 42, and 44, 19, not 18. And um, he was quite a manager back in the day. And uh, one of my favorite names, Coach Joe, Joseph Vaughan, was born on this date in 1912, played for the Pirates and the Dodgers, 318 lifetime batting average, 2,103 hits, Nine time all star hall of famer, and he was born, you might guess
2: it, Arkansas. And uh, that's where he got his nickname, Arky. I, I've i heard of Arky Vaughn, maybe, maybe I heard about him from you. You yeah. used to tell me the uh, the days of uh, watching him play. I think,
1: <laughs> yeah, me and Arky used to play a lot of baseball
2: on the sand lots. He taught him everything he knows, that's what right. <laughs> he knew.
1: And passing away on this date in 2005 was Glenn Davis, the Army All-American, Mr. Outside, to Doc Blanchard's Mr. Inside. Blanchard won the 45 Heisman Trophy, and Glenn Davis won the 1946 Heisman Trophy on those great Army teams. In 1944, now, a lot of the guys were off to war, but Glenn Davis averaged 11 half yards a carry and 20 touchdowns in nine games. <laughs>
2: Yeah, actually, you know, even before the '40s with the World War II, Army had had always had a powerful football team. I guess because they really could have to pick up whoever they wanted. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The, w- wherever now. Yeah, quite uh, an honor still is to go to any one of the yeah, service academies. They're they're talking about easing the requirements to allowing, to, which would allow football players to go d- directly to the NFL. I thought they'd already done that. Have they? Well, I, I, they they relax it completely because remember how long Roger Staubach had to wait.
1: Yeah. For, Every summer, he got two weeks off from the Navy, and he'd go to the Cowboys training camp. I think they were in Thousand Oaks, California back then, if
2: I remember right. Yeah, they might still be there. Yeah, could be. (laughs) Yeah. It gets a little hot in Texas in the summer. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine.
1: I can imagine. On this date in uh, 2010, Willie Davis, former Dodgers outfielder, I didn't realize how good he really was. He had 2,500 hits. I had no idea he was that good. 297 lifetime batting average. He only hit 182 home runs. And he was the Dodgers center fielder when they won the World Series in 63 and 65. But he was infamous for the 66 World Series when he cost Sandy Koufax the last game of his career. He had three errors in one inning, dropped two fly balls, and made a bad throw. And, uh, Koufax gave up like three earned runs and got beat that day. And the last batter that Koufax ever faced was Andy Etchebaran, catcher for the Orioles. The Dodgers only scored two runs in the four game sweep they lost.
2: Uh, wow. Yeah. They, well, you know, the Orioles had uh, pretty good pitching, too, I suspect. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dave McNally,
1: Jim Palmer. And they had a guy named Mo Drabowski, who was just kind of a oh, journeyman. Yeah. yeah. And They pulled, it might have been McNally or one of those guys that later became a really great pitcher. And uh, they pulled him after he'd pitched, uh, I don't know, a few innings. And Drabowski came in, and I'm thinking, I was watching that, and I'm thinking, oh, man, the Dodgers are going to eat this guy up. Let's go. And he struck out 11 Dodgers in about five innings and shut them out. And the Orioles went on to sweep the Dodgers
2: in that World Series. Is it? There was about a 15-year period there into, from the 60s towards the late 70s where the Orioles were the power in the AL East. Uh, the Yankees, until the late 70s, uh, weren't very good for for most of that time during the uh, end of the Mickey Mantle era and, and before Steinbrenner brought the team in free agency and they were able to load up. Uh, it, and The Red Sox had a couple of good seasons in their 67 and 75, but otherwise it was always the Orioles. and yeah. that, they, they were either in the World Series or in the playoffs.
1: In 66, the Yankees finished dead last Mm. in the American League. The Red Sox, who would go on to go to the World Series the next year, were half a game
2: ahead of them. Yeah. Yeah. The the 67 Red Sox team kind of came out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, we had Rico Petroselli on here a long time Mm. ago, and um, I think we've got a liner from Rico Petroselli that says, this is Rico Petroselli of the 67 Miracle Red Sox. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's right. The Impossible Dream. I impossible that was Dream, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. In yeah.
1: 2016, Billy Wade passed away, probably the greatest quarterback or one of them in Vanderbilt history. He was the first overall oh, Jay pick. Cutler
2: was pretty good, too, though, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah,
1: <laughs> Cutler and then um, Whit Taylor Oh yeah. back in 82. Man, yeah. he was good. He beat the Gators. Yeah. Yeah, man, that, that guy was... was something else. And uh, Billy Wade, he was the first player pick in the NFL draft in 1952, didn't play until 54 because of going to military service. My, how things have changed. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. Then he
1: went on to lead the 63 Bears to the championship game where they beat the New York Giants 14-10, and Wade scored both touchdowns. And I didn't know this until I looked it up, but Billy Wade was still alive when the Bears, under Rex Grossman, went to the Super Bowl but he had lost his vision due to glaucoma.
2: Well, you know, that was the last time the Bears were in the Super Bowl, if I remember right, Super Bowl right. 41. So 16 that's years. about right. Yeah, 16 years. That one was actually played out in Miami in the rainstorm. Yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that. Awful, the, awful Bear, the Bears actually had the lead briefly. Devin Hester taking the kickoff back for the yeah. touchdown. <laughs> I think that's the only opening kickoff in Super Bowl history that was returned for I a think touchdown. you're right. Yeah. I think you're there, right. There have been some other kickoff returns, Fulton Walker and uh, – Desmond Howard, among others. Yeah, but that was the only opening kickoff. Of course, Devin Hester was pretty good. Oh, yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah. He was. The ex kane he, he was great for the Bears and several other teams.
1: One of the great returners of all time. Yeah. He was yeah. the Billy White Shoes Johnson of his time. He was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he,
2: uh. he could... He he was always a threat to take it the distance. There, there really hasn't been anybody like him in the last twenty five years, other than him. You know, uh, you think of the great returners, and they're they're kind of phasing out the return game. You know, most of the time it's fair catches on punts, and uh, kickoffs go through the end zone. You're not you're not seeing that incredible returner like you saw with Devin Hester. God, he was good.
1: On this date in nineteen ninety five, the Tampa Bay area was changed. Right up to this very day, Major League Baseball awarded the Tampa Bay Devil Rays a franchise.
2: I was at their opener in 1998. Yeah, they lost 11 to nothing or something like that. <laughs> it was a few years before they uh, before they found success, but they're, they're actually a very well-run franchise now. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, and very sad to hear about Dave Wills, uh, their broadcaster, passing away. It was kind of unexpected. 58 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Know we love broadcasters around here and <laughs> announcers, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and he's a he was a good one, he really was. You know, that's uh, um, yeah, I listened to a lot of Ray's games on the radio and stuff, they always had good coverage. And uh, we're gonna very sad to hear.
1: Well, speaking of birthdays, somebody else had a birthday yesterday. Um,
2: Mickey Dolan, Joe, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, Coach <laughs> Joe,
1: and uh, ladies, he's still single. And the legendary Clarkster has said. After Joe's birthday, he's going to let Joe use his Learjet and his yacht anytime he wants to take his dates on. Once I get him. (laughs) I'm
2: going to take an imaginary Learjet to uh, Paris. Those are the best kind. Or maybe just to Epcot Paris or something. (laughs) That's right. I I can afford that.
1: That's right. You know, we were talking about how times have changed. In 1936... Babe Ruth turned down the Cincinnati Reds to make a comeback as a player. And in 1946, listen to this.
2: 46?
1: No, not not, not Babe Ruth. Oh, okay. 1946, <laughs> Ted Williams is offered $500,000 to play in the Mexican Baseball League. He turned it down.
2: $500,000 back then is like about $50 million today, isn't it? It is. Yeah.
1: I mean— the the best baseball players were making 100,000 and there weren't very many of
2: them. Oh yeah, that was a lot of money back then. Uh although the I didn't did the Mexican League have that much money back? Then? I don't know, maybe it was pesos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you and I've been around long enough to see a lot of leagues come and go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where they offered huge money never quite worked out. No. Well, let's go ahead and take a break and
1: we come back. We just might have that $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Alehouse. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF.
3: This is Chris Richard, former Kathleen Red Devil and two-time national champion of the University of Florida Gators. You're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone.
0: Ronnie O, Coach Joe. They are in the Ozone. The Ozone Tonight brought to you by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store, and by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash.
1: All right, Ronnie and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. We want to congratulate our friend Chris Richard. He is one of the class of the
0: 2023
1: Polk County Sports Hall of Fame. And uh, all congratulations out to him. What a classy young man he is.
2: Love Chris. Oh, he yeah. was terrific. And he did get a little short-changed on that SEC uh, basketball documentary. Yes, they, he they, did. They, they had a segment on the, uh, on the national title teams, and you could see him in the highlight clip, but they never mentioned his name. <laughs> no, they didn't.
1: All right, we. I know you're hungry, you're thirsty. You can't wait for that $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. Now let me caution you, we have started keeping track very close track of who has won in the last six months. So if you're not sure if you've won in the last six months, do not call because we will have to deny you. And uh, so... Eric's making a list, and he's checking it twice. That's right. That's (laughs) right. And we know he's been naughty, but
2: we've been nice. So... (laughs) He's taking the names. Don't make him. You know what? When he's done taking names, what he'll do. (laughs) That's right. That's right. So,
1: for that thirty-dollar gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Ale House, here's what we want to know: In Major League Baseball, there are three teams with bird nicknames. Which one of these four teams does not have a bird nickname? Toronto, Seattle, St. Louis, or Baltimore? Which one does not have a bird nickname? 682-1430. That's 682-1430. If you haven't won in the last six months, give us a call. 682-1430. There you go. Coach Joe, we all know that the Ale House is located at 5650 South Florida Avenue. We know about the 40 strategically located television sets, but you and I both know intimately about the great
2: food and drink they have out there. Yeah, 5650 South Florida Avenue, though I could probably find it with my eyes closed. <laughs> oh yeah. Just sticking it out the window, you can smell it. Yeah. oh, it's so good. Yeah, I love the food there. And it's it and it uh, has whatever kind of food you like, it serves it as well as anybody anywhere. Whether it's it's a burger, whether it's wings, whether it's a steak, they're all fantastic at the Ale House. What great food there. And, uh, you know, Jorge's the manager there, and a lot of times he's back there in the stove, too, making sure things are done right.
1: Oh, he yeah. is. And, man, the food is so good there. And um, I love going out there, and I know you do, too. And um, give us a call, 682-1430. And uh, Coach Joe and Michael Lean brought up a great point. The team that does not have a bird nickname is also the only one of these ...teams that have not won the World Series.
2: Yes. So there's your hint right there. The one team of that four without the bird nickname is also the one team of that four that's never won the World Series, ever.
1: Toronto, Baltimore, St. Louis, or Seattle. Which Mm -hmm. one does not have a bird nickname?
2: Yeah. Give us a call. We're baseball fans out there. (laughs) These teams have been around for a while. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't want Eric
1: Clark to win it again. If if Eric goes out there,
2: you know, they
1: have to call two more trucks in, two semi-trucks, just to get enough for him to eat. And that's his appetizers.
0: Just stop it, Ronnie. Just stop
1: it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Coach Joe, you know, the Gators didn't have a great basketball season. But i got to give Todd Golden a lot of um, – Credit
2: for the effort that the Gators put out. They
1: played hard all year
2: long. You know, they fell way behind today, but I never thought they were out of it. And sure enough, they came back and with seconds to go in overtime had the lead. Oh, tough loss today. But the, the good things are, are on the way for them, I, I think. You know, that overcoming the Castleton injury was a little bit too high a mountain to clear today, this year. Yes, sir. All right, we got a caller. It's hungry and thirsty. Terry, how are you tonight?
3: All right. I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic.
1: Which one of these teams does not have a bird nickname? Toronto? Seattle. Seattle. Baltimore. Yeah, I St. think he's Louis, all Seattle, over it,
2: isn't he? <laughs> Did you say it
3: already? Seattle right? is not a Seattle's not a bird.
1: You're right. The Mariners. And they're the only one that hasn't won the World Series of those four teams.
3: Yeah, they they've been kinda of weak. The reason I know so well is they used to be the co pilots.
1: The pilots, <laughs> that's right.
3: What what that? team what team? Yeah, oh, you yeah. well, <laughs> I apologize. was going to ask what what team I apologize. where did, where did
2: Seattle move? But uh yeah, you remember who uh created the Seattle Pilots later the Milwaukee Brewers? Some guy named Bud Selig. I've heard of him. Bud Selig.
3: <laughs> oh, Selig?
1: Yeah, became commissioner yeah. later.
3: Oh, I guess that's right. Yeah. You've been that. out
1: the Ale House before?
3: Yeah, I love the Ale House.
1: What's your favorite dish out there?
3: You know, I usually, being a budget-minded person, I usually go with something that costs less than 15 bucks. And uh, so usually I either get, there's a turkey burger or uh, something like that that is pretty tasty. You know, I'm still still the $5 mindset where I think you should be able to get it. Eats meal for five bucks.
1: <laughs> well, well,
2: hey, go there during the lunchtime during the week, and they have some great specials there for uh, oh, maybe especially I when you're on a budget. Yeah, well,
1: they yeah. have specials every yeah. night of the week. Um,
2: but their lunch specials yeah. are, are yeah, really they are. really great too. Yeah, they really are.
3: I'm Trying to think, there's something else that I usually get. I don't know, if it's some kind of uh, you know, like casserole or you know, it's like uh, noodles and something. But usually, I think I end up getting something like a turkey burger or something like that. Just You know, these days you don't get much for you know under fifteen bucks. It'll fill you up. No, there you go. But you got thirty bucks
1: free.
2: I mean, (laughs) yeah, go crazy, Terry.
3: That's right. The only problem is I have to feed my wife too. Oh, well, Well,
2: you better get a glass of water
1: because she's going to want that lobster.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can forget that. (laughs) Oh,
1: oh, listen to him talking big now.
3: Are are you sure? I don't think they have a lobster, do they? They do. Oh, they, they, they used too? to
1: have a lobster special on uh, Wednesday night. I think I'm mm-hmm. not sure they still have. I bet they still have lobster.
2: Well, I know they have the prime rib special on Thursdays. That's right. Uh, so it's a little bit late for tonight. But uh, think about that for, yeah. for, for know, next I've week. I've never, I've
3: never, I've never been a prime rib man. I've always, you know, I, I like a good steak, but something just about prime rib. I don't know. Maybe it, it just it's never hit my taste buds. Like so can... uh, yeah,
2: well, there's <laughs> there's sirloin and the ribeye is good too there. Uh, I've, yeah, I've sampled them both the the t- man, over the years you know. Terry are you a baseball fan
3: oh yeah I'm a long time Yankee fan <laughs> oh
1: no I'm sorry you're ineligible I'm sorry
3: <laughs> and w- way back way back I was a grad assistant at the University of Florida in baseball okay
1: well you redeemed yourself <laughs> then
3: but that's when they had a do you remember uh, they used to have a uh, upslope out left field? oh I do I oh do, the, so. yeah,
2: they used to chant "Fool on the Hill" for those visiting players that didn't know how to negotiate yeah. that, that 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 slope. It right. was a severe slope.
1: Do you know why it was there?
3: No.
1: There was uh, a drainage oh, pipe <laughs> yeah, underneath oh, it. Was that what it was? Yeah.
3: So <laughs> no. Yeah, I worked with Jay Bergman. Jay Bergman, <laughs> I remember
1: him. Went to UCF later, didn't he? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Jay was really a first-class guy. I don't know if he's still alive or not.
1: Yeah, I don't either. That's but I tell you what, he was so. he was good. He was good at Florida. Just wasn't. Quite good enough, but he he was really successful over UCF.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, he got rung up because that was back in the days where they had the old you can only play four or five games in the fall. I think he scheduled an extra game or two, and uh, I'm pretty sure he got fired. Yeah, and I think you're really right. So he was uh, he followed Dave Fuller.
1: Oh wow, Dave Fuller! Dave Fuller was the baseball coach, but he actually signed Jack Youngblood. Mm-hmm to a football scholarship. That was his oh, claim to fame. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Jack's a good friend of mine. Well, hang on the line, Terry, and Eric will get your information. Um, don't give him your Social Security number and your bank account number because <laughs> he'll clean it out. So, um. Just stop it,
0: Ronnie. Mother's <laughs>
1: made name. <Hey,
3: laughs> hey, he, 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 he would get much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Congratulations, and we appreciate you hey, listening.
3: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll hang on.
1: All right. All right, well, another show has come almost to an end, Coach Joe.
2: Have fun down under, Ronnie. Ronnie. Okay, <laughs> we can't
1: wait. We're going to have a big trip, and uh, Coach Joe will handle it.